Hey, feeling good, like I should. When in Durbu, walk around the neighborhood. Feeling blessed, never stressed. Got that sunshine on my Sunday bed. Welcome back to People First. This is John Parker, and I hope you're having a great Friday. I hope you have a great weekend planned ahead. Hey, today we're going to continue our series on leadership, and I want to unpack the characteristics of a very special leader, a very special leader. And those are the reverends, the pastors, the preachers, the rabbis, the priests, the people that are out there that are are just leading churches and leading people weekend and week out. And they're getting people to come to church every week. They're getting people to come to church during the weekdays. They're holding small groups. They're they're volunteer in the churches. They're doing all these different things, and they're doing it because they're great leaders. They're doing it because people want to do it to serve their churches, and those churches are led by these particular leaders. Why is that, right? How is it that preachers can do what they do? No one's paid to go to church. As a matter of fact, I go to church and I give money, right? No, you don't get paid to volunteer. Right. I spent a lot of time teaching men's classes and, and volunteer. I was on a greeting team. As a matter of fact, a couple of weeks ago, I'm standing outside. It's a minus nine degrees, minus nine degrees. And I'm opening the door and telling people how glad I am to see them. Welcome to church this morning. Happy Sunday to you. And I thought to myself, why am I so happy doing this? I am freezing out here. Right. How do they get me to do this and be happy about it? It's amazing. I want to unpack these characteristics of these leaders. What makes them great leaders? And as I do this, I want you to think about this. I want you to think, do I have those particular qualities? Are those particular qualities that I need to develop to be a better leader, right? Compare yourself as we walk through this to these type of leaders. So let's do that. Let's start with number one would be they're consistent in their words and actions. They have a well-established value system, and they base their lives and their decisions off of that value system. Most people work with companies that have core values, okay? That's good. They're posted on the wall somewhere so everybody can read them. But I want to ask you a question. Do you have your own set of core values? Your own set of core values that you live your life by, that you make decisions by, that you stand on, and those values stand for who you are. If you don't, you should take a look at that. Because it's important to be consistent in your words and actions, to have this type of value system that helps you be consistent. It helps you walk your talk. It helps you do what you say you do, right? You need to be consistent in your words and your actions if you're going to be a great leader. Number two, they give hope. They give inspiration. They inspire you to be better. They give you hope for a better day. You know that they have faith and they believe in you. And I got to ask you this question as well. Do you have faith and do you believe in your team? And do they know it? And when you tell them, are you sincere about it? Your people will only go as far as that you believe in them. I want you to understand your people only go as far as you believe in them. That's it. It's important that we believe in them. It's important that we give them hope. It's important that we inspire them to be better every single day. Do you inspire your team to be better? If you're not, let's think about that one. Let's start talking about how we can get that done every single day. Can we just push them a little farther? Can we show them they got more potential than they thought they had? Can we show them that 
there's a better person inside of them than they knew there was. Number three, they continue to grow and expect you to put in the work to grow as well. This is a big one. Okay. I don't know any pastor, reverend, preacher that doesn't grow themselves on a weekly basis, if not a daily basis. Okay. Continually trying to feed themselves with knowledge, feed themselves so they can grow. And why do they do it? You may ask yourself, well, why do they do it? Some of these guys have been doing this for 30 years. Yeah, you know why they do it? They do it for you. They do it so they can continue to grow their flock, grow the people that come to see them and hear them on Sundays or come to see them throughout the week. And they expect you to put in that work as well. They don't say this, hey, it'd be really cool if you guys read your Bible um, next week. No, they don't say it at all. They said, I want you to read James. I want you to read the chapter of Mark. I want you to read this. I want you to study Psalms. This week we're in this particular study and I want you to read this as well. They expect you to grow just like they grow because, you know, if you don't grow, you don't move forward. If we're not growing, we're moving backwards. If we're not growing, we'll never be successful. They understand that and they want you to make sure that you have to put in the work to be successful and no matter what you do. They continue to grow and they expect you to grow as well. Most of us out there don't put any effort into ourselves. We don't invest in ourselves and we stay where we're at. If you're going to move forward, you have to invest in yourself. And as a leader, if you're not investing in yourself, you are holding back your team. They are not moving forward because you're not moving forward. I can't stress this enough, you guys. You got to continue to grow and you got to expect your people to grow as well. You got to make your office, your department, your company, your volunteer organization a culture of growth. That's how we move forward. Four, they're humble leaders. And always put their people in front of their own agenda. They're humble leaders and they have their servant leaders. Humble servant leaders that always put their people in front of their own agenda. I'll give you an example. I've been going to this church for a little while and there's about, there's close to 2,000 people in it. And I thought, okay, I got to get more involved. I got to find a place. I got to get plugged in here. It's time to really start putting some of my leadership uh, into this particular church. And I called a meeting with the two main pastors. You know what? They got a million things going on with a lot of people. You know what they did? They showed up for the meeting because they wanted to hear what I had to say. They wanted to hear how I could contribute. They cared about what I thought I could do to enhance the church. And they were interested in what I had to say. They carved out time just to talk to me. They put people in front of their own agenda. I remember back, a dear friend of mine was in the hospital and he was spending his last few hours with his close family and his closest friends. And you know who was standing on the other side of bed with me? The pastor of the church with all the different things he has to do. He was there at that time when we needed him the most was standing there while he was talking to this gentleman who was getting ready to pass. Good pastors, good preachers. They put people in front of their own agenda. Do you do that? Do your people know that you're there to serve them? Do your people know that you're a humble leader and that you care about who they are and moving them forward? Fifth one is, you know what? They hold themselves accountable and they're not afraid to hold you accountable as well, right? They hold themselves accountable to being the person that they need to be as the leader of the church. They hold themselves accountable to growth is what we talked about. They hold themselves accountable to being the person that they need to be to represent that church. 
And they're not afraid to say, hey, you're not walking down the right road. They're not afraid to say, hey, this is not the way you should behaving if you're truly marching or, or on this journey. They're not afraid to hold you as kind of, well, I'm going to tell you something right now as leaders, we have got to hold ourselves accountable to being the leader we should be for our people, not just for us, but for our people. And then it is our job 100% to make sure we're holding our people accountable as well. We got to make sure that we have them on the right road to success. That's our job. And there's easy ways to do this, but I'm going to tell you right now that we cannot be successful in life without accountability. And these particular leaders, they understand this concept. They're not afraid to say, this is how we should act. And this is how we should not act. If we're going to walk down this road, if we're going to travel on this journey. And the last one is they have a vision of where they want to go where they want to take this church. They have a vision of what tomorrow looks like. What's the vision of your, your store, your department, your organization, your company, your volunteer organization, right? What is the vision? What are you trying to accomplish? Where are you trying to go? And let me ask you, if you have one, do your people know? Do your people know what that vision is? And do they know what it takes to get there? And the work that is going to be that's going to be in front of them in order to accomplish that mission to get to that vision. I was watching a video on Facebook and Tony Dungy was talking to Peyton Manning about getting nominated to be inducted to the Hall of Fame, which was a great thing. Tony Dungy was his coach with the Indianapolis coach when Peyton Manning won his first Super Bowl. And Tony Dungy said this, he goes, you know, Peyton, when you came to Indianapolis, our goal was more than just to win a Super Bowl. Stop right there. Tony Dungy is an NFL coach, and you would think the only goal that an NFL coach has is to win a Super Bowl, but it wasn't. He said, you know, one of our goals was, was to make Indianapolis a better town because our team was in it and to, to rise that community up and just make this a better place to live. What an amazing vision that was. What an amazing vision that was to think beyond just football. Football is what we do, but what can we accomplish through football? And that's make a better place for people to live in this city. What kind of vision do you have for your people? Do you know where you want to take them? And do they know what it'll take to get there? I work with people all the time, you guys, that don't understand where the company's trying to go. And it scares them. And a lot of times that'll be a reason they start to look for other places to work because they don't know where this particular company is headed, what they're trying to accomplish and where they want to go. Make sure you have a vision and make sure it's clear to everyone around you. I'm going to end with a story today about a good friend of mine who was also a pastor of the church that I was attending. My wife and I walk into this church. Right away, the pastor recognizes that we're new. So he, he walks over, he talks to us for a few minutes. We sit down, he walks up, he does his sermon. He comes back down, makes sure we had a good time. Thanks us again for coming. And then we walk out the door. That's Sunday morning. Monday morning, 
I look outside of my office and who pulls into the parking lot, but the pastor of that church. Now, the first thing that's going through my mind is, oh my gosh, what did I say in that conversation that he already feels that he needs to spend some special time with me or he needs to come talk to me? I thought I'm, I'm recounting the conversation, kind of recycling that conversation in my mind to make sure I didn't say anything inappropriate. Well, that wasn't the case. He walks in and he goes, hey, John, how are you doing? I said, good, sir. He said, would you like to have some coffee? I said, I'd love to have some coffee. So we had some coffee and, and we talked. And what, what do you think we'd talk about a pastor and a gentleman who just came to church for the first time on Sunday? Well, you think it would be faith, right? But it wasn't. What we talked about was football, the military, because we both had served. We talked about family. We talked about camping. We, talk about, we talked about everything but faith. And at the end of our time together, he said, hey, I hope to see you on Sunday. I said, you bet you will. Sunday, same thing happens. We walk in, he greets us, he does a sermon, he comes down, makes sure we had a good time. We leave next Monday, boom, he's in the parking lot again. I'm like, wow, what is going on here? He walks and says, hey, John, you got time for lunch today or maybe sometime this week? I said, absolutely. We schedule a lunch and what do we talk about? We talked about everything but faith again. We talked about the state of the union of our country. We talked about camping and fishing. We talked about family and raising family. And we talked about everything but you th what you think we talk about, faith. And this went on for several weeks. And then finally, one day, he said, hey, John, we have a uh, men's breakfast coming up on Saturday, and I'd love for you to come. I said, yeah, that's cool. What's men's breakfast about? He said, it's really not that difficult, John. You show up, you eat some breakfast, and we're good. I said, "That's not, okay, I can handle that, right? Because I like to eat breakfast. He goes, yeah, but this particular men's breakfast might be a little different for you. Um, you're going to speak at this men's breakfast. And I pause because this is not something I had done in my career yet. This is not something I had, uh, was something I did on a normal basis was speak in front of a crowd. I said, okay, pastor, what, uh, what would you like me to speak about? He goes, whatever on your heart. I said, all right. And, um, uh, how, how much time do you, do you allow me? How much time do you want me to speak? He goes, just go 15 minutes. I said, okay, you got it. I'm going to tell you something. I worked so hard for that 15 minutes. I've never practice so much, rehearse so much for 15 minutes in all my life. I, I, I read this thing to my wife. I did it with my kids. I did it with my wife and my kids. They were tired of hearing me talk about this particular little speech, right? So Saturday morning, I show up, I have some breakfast. He asked me to walk up. I talked for 15 minutes and it was great. At the end of that little session, the pastor said, John, that was fantastic. I, I, I got a question for you. What are you doing, not this Sunday, but next Sunday? I said, well, you know, I'm probably going to be in church with you. He said, fantastic, because you're preaching uh, for both sermons. It is going to be your day in church. You're running both services, and you're going to give the sermon. I took a hard swallow and said, pastor, what do you want me to talk about? He said, I want you to talk about what you just talked about. Just add another 15, 20 minutes to it. Right. I said, okay. Then I went to work. And for those of you, and there's probably not many of you that were there on that Sunday, I'm going to tell you right now, that was a good sermon. That was one good sermon because I was bringing it. I was bringing it hard. What is the point of this story? Pastor Gary saw something in me that I didn't know I had. 
He saw that I, I could do something that I never thought I'd ever do. And he wanted to push me into this place where I thought I'd never go. But he understood that he had to build a relationship with me first. He had to build that relationship of trust. And then once we had that trust, he could push me in a direction that I was at that time wasn't willing to go or never even thought about going. And if it wasn't for Pastor Gary, I wouldn't be doing this podcast today. If it wasn't for Pastor Gary, I wouldn't own this business called People First today. If it wasn't for Pastor Gary, my daughter and I wouldn't have the privilege of working together every single day. If it wasn't for Pastor Gary's vision, if it wasn't for Pastor Gary's hope and inspiration, I wouldn't be trying to make other people's lives better every single day. Pastors, preachers, reverends, rabbis, priests, these are special leaders, you guys. They understand what leadership really looks like, and they work hard on themselves every single day to be the leader they need to push you forward. Take a look at these different characteristics. Are you doing those things at work, at home, or in your volunteer organizations? You want to be a good leader? Check out that guy on the pulpit on Sunday morning and really take a look at the qualities that they have, characteristics that they display every single day, weekend and week out. All right. Once again, my name is John Parker. This is People First. Hopefully something something kind of rang a bell, something kind of jumped up, something you said, man, I can work on that. Hopefully you caught something in our little session today. I hope you guys have a great Friday. And Jordan, why don't you take us home? Hey, feeling good, like I should. When in the pool, walk around the neighborhood.